pink button on the far right. This guy? And wait, don't push it yet. So after you push it down, it'll play the intro, and then as the intro ends, the music will play, and you can slowly lower the levels and then push the button off. Okay? So go ahead and so push. push that. You let the intro play, and once the intro ends, I'll be like, what's going on? You know, And, and then move that down. And you slowly kind of fade it out. Okay. And then you push it off. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Hey, guys. I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and alongside me tonight, I got my buddy, Zach Conrad. How are you doing tonight, Zach? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> Minus the traffic and the... We are currently, we need to give them a little uh, <laughs> little setting. We're currently going around Chicago. Great time to do a podcast, right? Oh, yeah, for yep. sure. Hands-free, though. I will say that I'm hands-free. And uh, Zach is, the uh, first time I have an uh, audio engineer running my, <laughs> running my soundboard for me um, and getting all the recording uh, done for me. So you're doing. You're off to a great start. <laughs> oh, that's great! I have no idea what I'm doing. So, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. following instructions. So we are on our way to North Dakota, um, and it's Zach's first time. Um, I've been there before, and I'm ready to do it again. Um, and yeah, we've already uh, we've already had a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff. We've had a full day so far of getting on the road. Um, but we'll get into all of that. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, we'll get into that here shortly. But before we do that, let's get a quick word from our partners and we'll jump right into it. So, first off, I'd like to thank Onyx. Guys, this trip is presented to you by Onyx. Onyx is great for the waterfowl hunter, especially if you're going to freelance it somewhere like North Dakota. Um, they have one big plus that they have is they have the electronic. Uh, postings all on the OnX app, uh, which makes it way easier to find, you know, since it's, it's online somewhere. Not only that, but you can find the landowners for other places. Oh, those electronic postings, a lot of times people put their phone number on it. So you can look right on OnX, find the farmer or the landowner's phone number and call them right from there. So we'll be using it all weekend. We already got a lot of pins for North Dakota, for public land, for private land, potholes that we want to check out. Um, It is just the best tool uh, that you can have right there in the palm of your hand. And it's going to help us uh, get out there and shoot as many birds and have as as successful hunts as possible. So check out Onyx. I'd also like to give a big thanks to Weatherby. Guys, Weatherby has some great waterfowl shotguns. Um, They have the 18i. They have um, the Element. They have uh, my favorite this year, uh, the side-by-side, the Orion side-by-side, 12-gauge, they have it 20 as well. Um, they just have, they have some great options for the Duck Hunter. They're long since known for their excellence in rifles, and I don't think it'll be long now, and they'll be known the same way for um, shotguns as well. also like to give a big thanks to uh, Final Approach. 
final approach, the one-stop shop for the waterfowl hunter. Um, one of my favorite products I'm using now is their their new waders. I said I said this on the last podcast. I was going to look up the name to give you the exact name, but I believe it's the final approach Branta waders. Um, they have the waterproof zipper goes halfway down. Um, they have insulate insulation in it, zip on, zip off kind of thing where you can use it when you want it and you don't have to have it in there earlier season like now. Um, they have all kinds of decoys. They have blind bags. They have blinds. You name it, guys. Like I said, it is the one-stop shop for the waterfall hunter. You can use code DUCKGUN over there and get a percentage off of whatever you're wanting to get. It's that time of year, so make sure you have your checklist your products that you need that you've kind of forgot about for for next year and over there final or it's fabrand.com and get whatever waterfowl gear you need for the season um also like to give a big thanks to motion ducks as motion ducks they put the ripples on the water they give you the motion the lifelike motion uh it is a jerk rig on steroids and um it's just it's a, an, a, an excellent product for the duck hunter so um yeah definitely check them out as well and um oh code for them is duck gun 10 so let's go ahead and jump on into the main meat of the podcast um so zach are you how how excited are you for um north dakota i am pumped I've never been out hunting out of the state of Michigan, so this is a brand new experience for me. Obviously, hear lots of great things out of North Dakota, so I can't wait to actually go put some boots on the ground and see what we're looking at up there. Right, right. It's uh, it's kind of crazy. I mean, that kind of is a little bit of a, a testament to to the state of Michigan that you haven't uh, felt the need to leave at all up to this point. Um, but uh, how old are you? I'm 23. 23. Young. We got a young buck here tonight. So (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could see 23 again. But (laughs) Um, so you haven't left the state of Michigan, and now you're on the road to North Dakota. You decided to. uh, I I sent the invite out to you. We're going with our buddies, the Cavs from Michigan, which you haven't hunted with those guys either, have you? No, I met them at the uh, DU banquet. Yeah. Yeah. Some some good guys, some some good old boys from Michigan. I mean, they are the epitome of outdoorsmen um, in Michigan. If I think of like Michigan outdoorsmen, that's that's the kind of guys I think of. And it's like it doesn't matter if they're fishing, if they're hunting, if they're deer hunting. They just seem to always be getting on the, the whatever they're hunting and and they're successful at it. So um, it's a, it's going to be a, a really cool group um, of guys this year for for the North Dakota trip and. You know, I definitely trust those guys as far as like um, our chances of, uh, you know, adding to our chances of being successful. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to figure out why I was talking about that. I don't know. That's but, the Michigan boys. <laughs> the Michigan boys, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, yeah, so we're heading out to North Dakota. So what's your, what's your expectations? Limits every day, right? The limits every we're day. In North Dakota. I Is mean. it? <laughs> no, I'm. I drew a uh, swan tag this year. I also got a crane uh, permit. So if I can get a swan and a crane, I'll be happy. I don't got to shoot a duck. But I'm hoping <laughs> for, I don't know, we can get three, four birds a day f- per person. I think that'd be right. that'd be pretty good. That'd be pretty reasonable, right? Three or four birds. If you're shooting that, you're going to be, you're going to be, uh, you're not going to be feeling too bad. So 
Um, I will say the goal, I think, is limits every day. Is it attainable? I don't know. I really don't. Um, I know that the Kevins have told me that I think they've gone three years now, and every year they've shot limits every day. Really? Two-man two limits. So they've always okay. done two-man. So obviously, uh, you know, three-man will be a little bit – or four-man, I should say, will be a little bit harder than uh, – obviously – than a <laughs> two man um yeah so i'm, I'm gonna make you i'm gonna make you hold you to your word there because you said <laughs> if you shoot if you shoot a sandhill and a swan you don't care if we shoot any other birds the rest of the time right really i don't have the opportunity to shoot those in michigan sure but you can't tell me that you wouldn't be disappointed at the end of the trip is we come out of it like seven days of hunting in north dakota and all we have for it is your swan and sandhill. I mean, now that you put it like that, you know that would be a little, a little depressing. depressing yeah. But getting that, getting a swan in a, in a sandhill has been on my list for a couple of years now. So it'll be cool to check those off. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I got, I got a, a blank on my swan permit, which we all four applied, and I thought it was like seventy five percent chance. Yeah, it was. And we we ended up with one. So. We kind of got the short end of the stick on that a little bit, um, but you know, it's all right. It's long, if, if you get one, that'll still be pretty cool to to be a part of that and hopefully capture it on film and everything. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Did you apply for a uh, crane permit? I did. Well, you don't have to apply, do you? It's just oh, you no, just buy right, it. Yeah, right? you just buy it. Yeah. So I bought the the crane tag. Um, so did you? I think the Kevin's did not. So okay. But, but they said if we if we see them out there, that they, they might. You know, just jump online and, and buy it. So I'm like, that's probably a smarter idea. But <laughs> oh well, I'm uh, yeah, I'm wor- it's worth the risk for me because I, I never have the chance. And it'd be just our luck; we wouldn't see him even when we scout. And then we'd go out there, and sure enough, here comes a crane right overhead, just calling like a pterodactyl, and <laughs> and uh, you know, hopefully we can get one in close and, and take a crack at it. I'm excited. It should be real fun. So, got yep. It cranes swans ducks it's north dakota i heard the water levels were supposed to be better this year so right yeah we had uh john devney on the podcast talking about the north dakota um waterfowl count count numbers pintail like at an all-time high so that'll be cool to have some chances at them hopefully um all yeah just bird numbers overall north dakota we're looking um pretty good so uh, and like you said, we, we talked about water as well. And, and last year, they're just a few inches off the record snowpack. Um, so that all came in. It soaked into the ground. And then, um, you know, they had some timely uh, spring showers as well that that helped as well. So, yeah, they're, I think they're looking good on all, all fronts from what I've heard. Uh, I haven't been out there myself yet, but we will. We'll know a lot more. Um, tomorrow when we're scouting so this this is thursday we're driving up halfway um you know zach you had like a three-hour drive to my house right three and a half hours to your house three and a half hours to my house and then um <laughs> i'm gonna have to go back to I'm, I'm running into a rabbit trail now but then we had what like two hours of packing when you got there not quite maybe yeah, it an was hour. probably an hour and it was, a half it was yeah so yeah. more than what i wanted uh guys i <laughs> It takes so much time to get, let's see, I, I got three podcasts out. I recorded one and edited one. I edited the other two from Minnesota, and then I put out the full film of the Minnesota Chasing chasing the Opener uh, series. 
Uh, so all that's out. That's on YouTube and on um, podcast as well. If you haven't watched or listened to any of those, you know, there's your uh, uh, there's something for you over there. I think the Minnesota video turned out great. But anyways, all that to be said to be said with the trailer accident incident losing the tire. For those that didn't watch the video or listen to the podcast episodes, um, it took away like one of my days to get all this turned over and packed and on the road to North Dakota because it's like we're going to be gone for nine days, ten days, right? Ten days? Yeah, ten days. Or is it 11 days counting today? I can't remember, but it's a bunch of days. It's All that content would get buried if I couldn't get it out. So got it all out, rushed, worked on it as hard as I could, and then didn't have time to completely pack by the time you got there so we knocked it out so far our list of things that we've uh, forgot well i said we i forgot chief's food <laughs> which we can buy food that's not the end of the world and we didn't pack paddles for the canoe of course so yeah yeah so we got all that packed up and we got on the road and like i said we're trying to get like about halfway maybe a little more um, we'll see. I know I'm, I've, I've been on limited sleep, so I'm counting on Zach for the second leg of today's <laughs> trip. To, I don't know. We haven't talked about your, uh, your sleep levels right now. I'm not tired at all, but it's also nine o'clock at night. So, you know, my plan would be at least like five more hours if we can, we can, if we can do it, you know, you're looking at your camera. I got a Mountain nice <laughs> unopened Mountain Dew right here. That'll keep right. me going for a couple hours at least. Oh yeah. So we can get to like Minneapolis or, or, uh, is that the right name? Yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah. 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 There we go. Minneapolis. If we can get there, we'll be more than halfway. Um, we'll drive the rest of that. We'll get to North Dakota, put boots on the ground, start scouting. Hopefully, the plan is we've heard that there's a lot of out of staters. Man, man, those dirty out of staters, right? <laughs> <There's> <laughs> I lot, hate those guys. Yeah. There's a bunch of out of staters that'll be there for opener, obviously. North Dakota, non resident opener. Um, which that that's the the second leg of the chasing the opener series this year, um, so super excited to add that to to uh, kind of the the chasing the opener series. But we both kind of said I think I told you uh, Zach that um, I feel like I'm cheating on Michigan because I've done since the like inception of the idea of chasing the openers. It's always been Michigan based. I'll just go up Michigan and then come back down to Indiana. Really cool idea. A lot. I mean, I'm not like the creator of it, but I coined my, you know, my term "chasing the opener" series or whatever um, for you know whatever people want to call it. Maybe people called that before, called it that before me. Uh, I don't know. But either way, what I'm trying to say is we've you both we both agreed. We kind of feel like we're cheating on Michigan by going somewhere else. You know, I went to Minnesota last weekend, and now we're skipping UP which has been a super cool kind of staple of the series as well. And going to North Dakota, which, you know, I think it'll be a breath of fresh air, trying something a little different. Um, but but the poor UP, I mean, come right, on. Right, right. I've hunted the UP for it's classic. six years straight now. Yeah, It's classic. I love but. the UP. I will say that. I was, the UP, I love it. And North Dakota, honestly, is... Uh, very similar. I love you know, like North Dakota has some cool things that are similar to why why I love UP. And it's like I love the rural, the rural like very very yeah limited yeah. amount of people in the environment that that kind of brings. And North Dakota is very similar. There's like, there's like you know very few people out there. There's very few like choices. Like there's like one diner 
in a town and everybody knows everybody there and you can tell that they know you're the the kind of odd odd man <laughs> out or whatever so yeah but we're skipping on up this year so you're gonna have to hit it up sometime this season huh yeah probably yeah. probably i mean i'd still love to get up there again um it's uh it's a cool part of the country for sure so but yeah well i, I can't remember like i've jumped on so many rabbit trails i can't remember where i was you know previous to this um for what we're talking about i think we're probably just talking about the plan uh but anyways we'll get out there on friday oh i'm in a an <laughs> exit lane gotta get over in the chicago traffic <laughs> well it's not too bad right now because we're nine o'clock at night luckily i mean it's still more than what we'll see in in, uh, in north dakota but <laughs> anyways our plan is then to get there on friday hopefully with the dirty out-of-staters all around <laughs> we can knock on some doors get some private permission for saturday and sunday until all them out-of-staters get out of there besides us and uh, yeah we'll we'll be able to beat the pressure that way that's that's my plan anyway what do you think? Good plan? I think that's a great plan. We got an Airbnb for, what, six days or something. So we should have plenty of time to find some birds, get on them, get some good hunts down. Right. So outlast those out-of-staters. <laughs> yep. 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 So that's yeah, that's the plan in a nutshell. So um, you want to talk about a little bit of our uh, our setup as far as, like, how we're traveling, the gear we got, and the plan for... Um, the hunts. Oh, we're loaded down. We got <laughs> we got a canoe, three dozen three dozen decoys, four dozen decoys, floaters, something yeah. like that. We got a uh, pack of silos. We got Chief and his gunner kennel in the back. Bunch what's of a, random stuff. What's a pack of silos? <laughs> well, you know, the case full of silo decoys. So, you mean silo like silhouettes? Yeah, I call them silos. Why? I don't know. I've I've always called them silos. Okay, but it's not right, though, right? I think it's right. Mm. I don't like silos. Okay. Why do you call them silos? Silhouette. Okay, yeah, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> silos. It's like usually you just like as a as a, a nickname you shorten the word, you know, just because it's like easier in language to express like what you're trying to get across. Now, if you say you're going to pack a silos, I'm like, what is, like, what is he talking about? <laughs> Those barn things? Yeah, yeah, right. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, it's, I don't know. I've always called them silos. but <clears throat> Okay. Well. What else we got? The cabs packed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do have a lot of gear. We have three dozen Mallard decoys. We didn't really bring um, like a, like a what, would, what would be like a Pacific Flyway type or even like Central Flyway type. Um, mix of ducks. We just brought the mallards because that's really what I hunt, and so I don't have the other decoys. They're all the FA decoys, which look great. So um, we got the flocked mallards, regular hens. We got the flocked um, geese as well from Final, final Approach. Um, we got a mix of uh, oh, which uh, which model? I know we got a mix of some of the the last pass ones, and then. Um, I'm going to say they're the HDs, but I, I I can't remember the model. So, but, yeah, all the, the FA um, decoys. Oh, we did bring... There's some black ducks, yeah, too. Yeah. It was like a dozen of the the black ducks, kind of for the, the confidence, the fully flacked. Fully flacked. Flacked. 
And that's what we call them now. We'll just call them flack from now on. <laughs> now, like fully silos. flocked. That's what I was going for, yeah. <laughs> fully flocked black ducks, um, which, you know, I think it just gives some really good contrast. I don't think we're going to shoot a black duck or even see a black duck in North Dakota. But um, I do think it gives some good contrast to uh, the stuff around it, adding it to the set. Um, way better than coots for sure. I'm, I'll go against you on this one. I'm a fan of the coot decoys. I actually painted up some old mallards as coot decoys. That's blasphemy. That <laughs> it works. It's not very Michigan of you. It works. Well, how does that work better than a black duck? Just explain to me how it works better than a black duck. I don't think it works better than a black duck. I think it works. Well, I just said that equally. it. The, I said a black duck, but they're fully flocked black ducks, so they're bigger. They're fully flocked, so they should work better. Okay, you got me there. But in general, I think if you have coot decoys and black duck decoys, I don't think they make a difference. Okay. Well, sure. Maybe. Maybe. I've used, uh, I used to paint old mallards just straight black and use them kind sure. of as fillers. As like a black duck. Or a coot. But, but it doesn't, like it doesn't have the bill like a coot. It's bigger than a coot. So how is it a coot and yeah. not a black duck? Well, a coot is actually black. A black duck is brown. <laughs> You're right. They are actually that. I will say that's a fair point that they're actually black. So, but they're a lot tinier. They're like a wood duck size. Yeah, they are. So they're harder to see. Fair. So, anyways, we have half a dozen of our much better confidence <laughs> decoys that are the black ducks. <laughs> but um, yeah, all that, all those decoys are from Final Approach. That's what. I'm, that's what I'm trying to say there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then the canoe, it's the Radisson canoe. Um, you want to tell them a little bit about Radisson and sports ball canoes? I think they're one of the greatest canoes for, for walking in. So they they weigh like 30, 40 pounds. They're super light. 53 on this one. This one's 53? Yep. Really? Okay. The one I got, it's the uh, the. Uh, 12-foot version, I think. It right. weighs like 36 pounds or something. Super right. light, easy to drag in. It's aluminum, which is pretty nice. And they have really high um, carrying capacities. I think they're, what, seven, eight, nine hundred pounds? Yeah, somewhere in there. In them. So yep. they're the, real nice. Yeah, this one's the 14-foot square stern Radisson, 53 pounds. It's made with aircraft aluminum, and then it's uh, got a sheet of foam in there. And then um, it's got ribbing, kind of like a traditional old canoe, and that's what gives it its uh, st- uh, strength, you know. Yep. Um, it has uh, some foam kind of bolsters on the sides, too, that give it um, some... Like tunes, what do you call them? Like spawn tunes? Sponsons. Something that? like that. Yeah, there's some yeah. fancy canoe word for them that I'm not sure. But it gives them st- uh, stability side to side. Right. So yeah. it's like you can get a ton of gear out there because it's going to be you, me... All those decoys we just said, and a dog, and our blind bags, and our paddles. So, yeah, paddles that we don't have. Yeah, we'll take them <laughs> off. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a it's great for like our strategy out here in North Dakota is um, like going out and to the walking in on on the potholes. A lot of time you can park like right by the road, but even if you can't, you know. Um, it's not hard to carry because it's so light. And then you get out there and you can put all your gear in there and then tuck into the, the cattails and get on, like, the right side of um, the area and all that. So it's a, it's just part of our strategy is to have 
these canoes. I think it puts us one step ahead of like a lot of people who just only walk into these potholes. Um, it can take some stuff away from them. Like if it's like a bigger pothole um, or bigger water source uh, and they wouldn't be able to walk around it, you know. Or water depth too. Right, and We can right. retrieve birds if the water's a little deep. Yep. Yep. So, but we got dogs too, which is nice. I guess I, yeah, I forget about that. <laughs> I'm not a dog hunter. So. Yeah. It's like uh, not having legs if you, if you listen to the last <laughs> podcast. Maybe maybe a little aggressive a take, but <laughs> well, you know I was what? feeling it in the moment. <laughs> You're very passionate on this issue. Definitely. But. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what we're doing. Chasing the opener, North Dakota. Going back on the uh, the sports pal a little bit, I got a funny story with that. So, I actually went up to the UP a couple weeks ago to do some salmon fishing, and uh, I got one lake up there that I need a canoe um, to access. So, I brought mine, and you know it hangs three, four foot out the bed of the truck. And uh, I got there real late. It was like 1 or 2 in the morning. I was tired. There was a gas station open. I wanted to go get some water. And I uh, backed the canoe right into the side of the gas station oh, and man. crunched the nose on mine. So yeah, that's no, fun. The ribs won't, you know, we talked about it giving it like extra structural integrity to have the ribs and all that. Because it's, I mean, it really is. Like if you're going to run into a log, man, it'll dent the crap out of it. Oh, yeah. It's, so. it's thin, which makes them light. But right. So it's definitely, you know, having the ribs doesn't do anything for uh, brick walls. but Yeah. <laughs> the truck and the brick wall will beat the canoe every time. <laughs> you, you know, you think you would hit the brick wall with your truck if the canoe wasn't in there? Or were you just like... No, I just forgot the canoe was back there. I, I kind of... I was back in the truck in the spot. You know, I I knew where the truck was. I was just on autopilot. But I just completely blanked out that I got an extra four foot hanging out behind me. Mm. I still I still went into that gas station and got it too. I don't think they noticed, so that was good. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we should add to the podcast here. Well, you, where are we going? Where are we going? Yeah. Oh, you mean where? my buddy? Yeah. Oh yeah. So my buddy Tim, which I don't I don't think I told you this. You haven't watched the video, but he let me uh, use his dog in Minnesota as well. So, oh, okay. yeah, because we were, dog? yeah, we were both in Minnesota and, um, he was hunting with his buddy and his buddy had a dog and, um, I was there too with my dad and brother-in-law for our, our, uh, kind of becoming like the annual family hunt, the, the first opener of the year, um, after two years of doing it. So we'll see if we continue that tradition. Um, but he was there, so he let me use his dog as well, uh, which was great. So, yeah, we're using um, his dog for North Dakota. Again, he's meeting us partway. Um, really, honestly, he's going a little bit out of his way to, to help <laughs> us. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I told him how much I appreciated it. And even, like, I'm trying to, like, give him gas money for coming out of the way to meet us, like, in our route to North Dakota, and he won't take it. So super, super guy for sure for, uh, for letting us use his dog, Wes, again and, so that's the first stop for us in about 40 minutes. But, yeah, we'll be hunting with Wes. It's just, like I said, I, you can't hunt without a dog. <laughs> As, like, I mean, you can, but, like, I don't know. It's just it's a lot harder, you know, and, and I can't remember who is um, who it is that is uh, credited with saying this, but um, somebody notable in history once said <laughs> oh boy. that uh, 
that hunt that hunting dogs are the number one resource for conservation. <laughs> it's true, right? Like you know, I don't make. How do you make the connection? You're uh, you're retrieving the birds you actually shoot, so you're not having lost birds. And then also, there's plenty of people who, if they shoot a bird and they don't find it, they just keep hunting. Okay. So there's, I mean, there's two fronts to it, right? You know, now if you're just going to be not have a dog and do it right and be super selective and only shoot birds that are right in front of you that are going to land right in the water, even then you can't misjudge it. You know? Oh, um, for sure. I I lose more birds than I'd like to every year. I probably use I don't know five or six a year. Right. Which is it's tough, but you're right. I don't I don't have a nose like a dog, so right they can sniff it out and getting some of that thick stuff that that i like to hunt do you uh if you lose a bird do you count it towards your bag you keep hunting i count it towards my bag okay so if i if i lose one i'm walking out with five max if if i ask you like after the podcast is gonna be the same answer (laughs) it's no (laughs) i'm just kidding that's actually what i do now some of my buddies don't do that but right i'd say that most of my buddies don't do that it's like a, a foreign idea to them I, I I don't know. You killed the bird, right? I mean, well, if, that, if you look by the letter of the law, it's not like it's a, your legal requirement is to exert all effort in finding the bird, and once you haven't, you can keep hunting. Right, but why don't I just go shoot ten birds and accidentally lose four? Well, it's hard to prove. Sure, sure. No, I'm just saying. But like, they can't. I mean, if you literally didn't leave your spot to go look for a bird. Okay, and you shoot yeah. another one, right? I think that's what it's trying to. Okay, you know, it's trying to get those guys for sure. I was saying that I, I think most people, if they they don't do that, so yeah, I, I track my like shooting and stuff too. So I think that's kind of the reason I got into doing it that way. It's because I right. took a shot at that bird. Well, if, if I lose it, I count it towards my shooting percent still. Yeah. Well, the first guy that I you really heard kind of pressing that um, idea. You know, because when I started, the guys that I hunted with, like I said, most of them don't do it that way. Um, you know, so I just was like, well, you don't count it towards your bag unless you actually bag it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I started hunting. But the first guy I heard pressing that was uh, Mr. Elliot Snyder. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he switched you over, huh? Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a little bit of a purist, kind of snobby type, <laughs> but <laughs> he's right on some things, I guess, for sure. I'll I'll say the one thing that I, I really like about him, I appreciate about him, is he wants to decoy birds in the pocket, which I feel like a lot of new hunters, especially me when I was when I was newer, you know, those sixty yard shots are tempting, especially <laughs> when you're not seeing many birds. But right. it is Right, and, and you say like he's willing to do it, but not only that, but he's like willing to not shoot birds. Right. And like a testament to that is like the way that he like um, hunts with his uh, boat blind where he's just like, ah, it just doesn't work because I have him finishing it. Like, you watch it and it looks like they're finishing it like 35 40, mm-hmm. which, like, you know, most people I think would be if you hunt in a boat blind. I think, it, like, if we talk about like layouts versus A frames, like layouts, maybe they finish like a little closer and A frames, they finish like a little bit further out, right? Let's just say you can finish them at like 10 yards with the layout and with an A-frame, maybe it's like 17 yards. But you make up that difference by how quick and how comfortable it is in comparison to hunt from a A-frame than a layout boat or a layout blind, I should say. Right. Um, so there's the, there's the difference there, right? Um, but for him, he's like, well, 
you know, with a boat, in my experience, it's harder to completely hide. I know I've talked to some of my buddies and they'll say, hey, you just don't, you're not doing it. You're not brushing it in. You're not giving it the amount of effort it takes to get a boat blind in. That's probably true. That's probably some of it. Um, but in my experience, still, I think they finish out further just because it's a bigger profile um, hide than, you know, a layout, a single layout boat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where if you're doing that in a marsh, you're going to finish them at 10 yards all the time. So Elliot goes to his boat, which, you know, maybe it's not as brushed in as his layout boat, and they finish at, like, 30 instead of the 10. If they're not finishing like like he likes, like, he just won't shoot at right. all. You know, maybe maybe it's different in person, but that's kind of the perceptive perception you get watching his videos. So he's willing to not even shoot birds over shooting the further shots, which... You know, most of us, I'd say, are not willing to do that because, well, it just depends on what stage you are as a hunter. And, um, I mean, I'll be the the first to admit that I'm not quite there. I haven't (laughs) hunted 30 years like he has. You know, I've I've hunted, you know, a handful. I guess it's getting more and more every year, obviously, but (laughs) I'm just not quite there. So I don't have the the self-control like I'm like I think they're I think it's killable at 30 35 you know maybe even 40 on a on a slow day or a day where you're having trouble with your hide or whatever it is. So anyways, continue with what you're saying. I was just going to say uh exactly what you're going to say basically. You have those slow days and it gets tempting to push your your shot selection out a little bit farther. You know, shoot those 35 yard shots. Um and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you wound a bird and you lose it or you just straight up miss it. You're probably hitting it with something, right? But it is. I'm not there either. I've only been hunting for I don't know ten years or so now. But but right. going back to your boat blind thing, um, I am a big fan of boat blinds in certain situations. Here we so, go again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just arguing with you. This no, whole no, time. no. Go <laughs> ahead. That's fine. But uh, I hunt a lot of Fragmighty and cattails. Um, that poke out of the water, you know, six Is foot. it called Fragmite or just Fragmite? I call it Fragmite. Okay. Maybe that's the long name. I'm just making sure it's not like a, a silo thing again. All right, continue. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, a lot of the brush that I hide in is six foot tall. And so you can just, you don't even need a blind, really. You can just drive your boat in there. But I have a little scissor blind on my boat. And uh, I find that it works really well. Now, it's only in certain situations um, and my blind is brushed in really well. The blind itself probably weighs 40 pounds, um, just with all the, the grass and stuff that's on it. So, Have you ever seen Elliot's blinds? Yeah, it's not. It doesn't look good. Okay. It right. needs way You know he's going to listen to this, right? I hope he does. Okay. Elliot, if you had more material <laughs> on your blind, I think you'd kill more birds. Is it just it. like making it look more 3D? Is it like, because the blind material he has isn't even natural stuff, right? So, like, what is it about his blind that's, uh, like, uh, subpar? I think the 3D part's right. It's flat. And then the way I do my blind, I don't want to see any of the camo netting. I want it to look like straight grass. So I'll spend, you know, two hours cutting grass and weaving it in and out of that net. So when you put my blind up, you don't even see the net or the backing or anything. It's just straight think, natural natural grass. You think the birds can see the netting? Not necessarily, but it looks out of place. Especially, I don't know which video it is, but I have one image in my head where he's pulled up on some, it's like some flooded timber on the side of a lake, and uh, he leans some, you know, trees up against him, but it's just, (laughs) 
it's camo net. Like it doesn't look like it fits in that environment whatsoever. <laughs> so yeah, right. I think if he had, you know, some grass weaved in so he looks a little bit like an island maybe and then leaned up some sticks, I think he would have shot some more birds then. Or at least fooled some got more. Him, got him close enough to be within his range. Right, yeah. His acceptable range. And even uh, when we went to the UP last year, um, I hunted with him for, for divers. Um, and we decoyed birds, I mean, into 5, 10 yards hunting out of my boat blind. Um, right. But you are also, like, in a patch of, like, wild rice. Or I don't remember what it was, but... Yeah, it was like some pencil reed stuff. That's what I'm talking about. It, there's certain situations where a boat blind just will not work. It's not the right environment. Um, the stuff that I hunt, if if the the grass isn't you know higher than the boat blind itself, I won't hunt it with the with the blind. Gotcha. I'll so it's it's having like the backdrop and all that. Exactly. Too and, yeah. And uh, that's where we're talking about the fragmite is like great for because that stuff's always tall and super thick. I mean, same thing for like cattails or yeah. Okay. The the Fragmite's nice um where I am in southeast Michigan a lot of it is flooded. So it's, you know, 3 feet deep. So you can literally just ram your boat right into it. Never have to get out of the boat. Um and that stuff's, you know, in some spots 10 foot tall. So you really don't even need a blind. Um I actually know some guys that'll just ram their walleye boats in it. It's like a red walleye boat and they can sink it in it and they'll kill mallards, gadwall, widgeon, you know, all the puddlers as well as divers. But divers will decoy to anything. Nice. So why did we get off on this tangent now? Do you remember where, what we were talking about? <laughs> I don't. I don't have a clue. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I know all I know is we're talking about Elliot's boat blind. So, uh, yeah, we were talking about uh, uh, shot selection. Okay, that's gotcha. what it was. And all right, so we were just talking about Elliot a little yeah. bit. Yeah, giving we're some just... free, from some free publicity so uh-huh. guys if you're not listening to the north american waterfowl podcast um elliot over there my former co-host before the falling out before uh <laughs> before let's think of what before i uh, beat him up <laughs> <laughs> threw him on the ground it's a long time coming since you know yeah but I, that day everything started to go sideways i think looking back <laughs> he's looking upset back about now, that band he is man so he's not getting it over my dead body. <laughs> but anyways, you should check him out over there. He's If you are listening to the Duck Hunt Podcast, maybe you've been wondering where he's at. Um, he made his own podcast as well now, the North American Waterfowler Podcast. So, um, yeah, there there he is over there still turning out, making some some good content. So you should you should check him out as well. It'd be a disservice not to mention it because he does a great job over there. So um, maybe no, just like a tiny bit less of a good job than I do. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, one thing we should mention about North Dakota that's kind of exciting for the first, I think it's the first two weeks of the season, um, a, hunters can harvest eight ducks if you have, well, I should, you can harvest six ducks for your limit and then a bonus two teal for um your hunt and look at this guys right here you see the little john boat on there oh yeah look at definitely that. going we, we've been seeing some trailers these guys are definitely going to north dakota and i bet they're pointing out our boat as well because just piled up with decoys and and all that kind of stuff too so um anyways what was i saying i mean i'm i'm so frazzled <laughs> brain tonight 
That was so fun. All over the, uh, the, the teal in North Dakota. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we get we get a regular six duck limit plus two blue-winged teals. For, it's the first two weeks of season. The first week is resident, and the second week is non-resident as well. Um, so this is non-resident North Dakota opener. I think I've said it like four times. but you <laughs> It's know. a special time. It is. It is. So that's something that's uh, cool um, for for uh, potential. I don't know if it will actually happen or not. I've never shot eight ducks in a day. <laughs> well, we're going to do it all seven days in a row, right? <laughs> Man, we better start firing up the grill. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think this is a good place to go ahead and wrap her up. You got anything you want to add for day day one of the series? I don't think there's anything. I'm pumped. Let's get on with it. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Pumped. It's just going to keep keep getting closer. I mean, we're <laughs> we are pretty close. I mean, tomorrow we'll be scouting, and the next, I mean, probably that night we'll be setting up. Well, it depends what kind of spot we get, but yeah. So stay tuned, guys. We're going to keep doing uh, the podcast from the road. I don't know if we'll do them every day while we're here. I know in the past I've always done every day. Um, we'll see if we do how many we do out here in North Dakota. We are here for a while, um, so. Guys, my mission on the Duck Gun Podcast is to bring you guys entertainment for the duck hunting, bring you guys some education for the duck hunting, um, and help you know spread the tradition of duck hunting to everyone else, help uh, spread the need for conservation um, with some of the guests and other things we have on the podcast. Um, guys, the best way you can help me on the Duck Gun Podcast is help me spread that message. Tell your buddies, tell other like-minded, hardcore duck hunters as well. Um, you know, that way we can have a bigger and greater voice um, for all those things. So definitely appreciate it. Um, that's all we got for today, guys. I'm Jordan, Duck Gun Chronicles, and Zach. And we'll see you guys on the next one.